We're going a little bit techie today. We're talking about links, internal, external, no follow, do follow. Hang with me. I got it all laid out. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. Not to get all technical on you, because I, you know, I don't have a deep understanding of the interwebs and SEO and things like that. Um, But there are some basic things that you need to understand when it comes to links and best practices around, including links in your content. Now, this is referring specifically to, well, almost entirely to, um, to web content and mostly blog posts but not 100%. We are going to touch a tiny bit on email, and then there are always other applications for links. But mostly what we're doing is talking about links in your blog posts. Now, there are different types of links out there, and you may have come across some of this terminology before. Um, A big one, a common one, is internal and external links. Um, You'll especially have seen this if you do any kind of SEO optimization search engine. If you do any kind of SEO in your blog posts, SEO optimization is like saying search engine optimization, optimization. And I don't want to say that. So if you've used like the Yoast plugin or another plugin in WordPress, you've seen uh, references to internal and external links. These are really good to have on blog posts and uh, websites. These are not really good to have for email. In your emails, you don't want to have more than maybe like three or four external links. Okay, so but we're talking about blog posts and SEO. Email doesn't really drive SEO for the most part. Um, So for the blog posts, you want a mix of internal and external links. um, And you want good quality links for both. And you don't want it to be like a super, super massive high volume. You don't necessarily want like 20 of them. But if you have at least one of each, that can be good. And then, you know, I try to aim for like two or three ish internal links, especially, um, and then external links as appropriate. So what is an internal link? An internal link is a link to content on the same site. So it's a link to another blog post on this site, or it's a link to the about page on this site. Um, on the same site. And an external link refers to a link to something outside of this website. So if I'm writing a blog post for ashleygainer.com, the blog on my website, an internal link will link to other blog posts of mine. And an external link might link to, um, I don't know, a blog maybe that I wrote for another website, or it might link to the EFA, or it might link to a PDF that somebody's giving away, or it might link to, um, I don't know, anything, anything that is not something that lives at ashleygainer.com slash something, internal and external. So those are good. You want to have internal links for your blog post for sure. Um, external links are happy, but not always required. They don't always make sense. But if you can find a way to work them in, that's usually a good thing. Both of these are good for your SEO. 
Um, now, you will find, once you start having bylines out there, that you will get emails from people who want you to um, update your posts, like change, augment, really, your post, some specific post, and they'll tell you exactly which one they want you to augment, to include a link to their site. Now, they have an ulterior motive, and that is to generate SEO for themselves. This is not necessarily something that makes them a bad person, but this is generally frowned upon. Um, what they're trying to do is milk the as much SEO juice out of their content as they can, which, you know, is smart. You want to get as much mileage as you can. But um, the way the search engines operate, they are set up, and I don't know how they do this, but they are set up to, um, like, reward, in a sense, really good, strong content. And one of the ways that they can tell content that is strong is if other people are linking to it or if other people are sharing it. So if lots of other people are um, pointing to this specific web page, then the search engines are like, huh, people really like that. It must be really helpful. So some businesses, in an effort to boost their SEO rankings as quickly as they can, will try to get their link placed on as many websites as they can. Um, it is not like an organic growth thing. It is a very deliberate um, attempt to get more SEO attention, basically. Generally speaking, this practice is now frowned upon. It used to be very effective. It still can be effective, um, but it is frowned upon. It's the kind of thing that places like Google and who runs Bing? Is that Microsoft? Um, the search engine algorithm programmer people are trying to find ways to promote content that is good in and of itself to um so that so that the like a primary driver is not just number of links because they know like they're not dummies they know that people are out there trying to get their links kind of dumped all spread all over the internet um but the search engines want content that merits being promoted in the search rankings by its own merit and not just by some like pseudo attention that has been generated. Um, so that's why this practice is frowned upon. And so that's why most of the time I'm going to say no. Um, I get these pitches all the time. I get them constantly. I don't, you know, I don't even, I have someone who manages my inbox. My, my assistant Heather manages my inbox. So I don't even know how often they come anymore. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, they come as soon as your byline, um, starts appearing out there, you're going to start getting them. Um, I want to also tell you that if someone offers to pay you to insert their link somewhere and they don't want you to mention that you have been paid to do so, do not do that. That is not only unethical, it's illegal. <laughs> Um, when you get paid to drop a link that is considered sponsored content um, and you must disclose sponsored content, it is not okay to take that money under the table. It's, it's illegal. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Um, there are FTC guidelines about sponsored content and, and you have to do it. Now, are you going to get caught? Probably not. 
Um, however, don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. It's that's dirty money. You don't want that dirty money. <laughs> I could rant about this for a very long time and I will not just don't do it. It is unethical. It's illegal. Don't do it. Don't get paid to sprinkle links. Now, there will be times occasionally, maybe when you will get pitched with a good resource. And when that happens, and you do still have control over the content, um, it is fine to augment your stuff to include this new link. Maybe you mentioned somebody sent me this link, and so I wanted to add it. Um, it is not fine to get paid to do that unless you put a sponsored content disclaimer on there. It is not fine. It is not okay to get paid to place links unless you are able to disclose that these links are placed. Now, I already mentioned I get pitched for stuff to be added like all the time. Um, also, I get pitched for people who want to do a guest post with a link back to their stuff all the time, multiple times a week. Um, I would say it's probably multiple times a week. At least it used to be. Um, exactly once in the history of ever have I actually included something that somebody pitched me once and it went on my, um, if you really want to get a lot of these requests, do like a resource roundup where you have like a bazillion links <laughs> because I have so many people who want me to include their stuff on my freelance resource roundup post. And usually it's garbage. Usually it's like how to talk to the HR person for employees. And I'm like, you don't even know my site. I don't talk to employees. That's not my audience. I talk to freelancers. It's like the complete opposite of what you're trying to do. But I digress. Um, I will also frequently get pitched for people who want me to include stuff um, in my client work that I've submitted to clients and that my clients have published. Um, at which point I say, I don't have control over that content anymore. It's theirs. Go pester them. But the answer is going to be no. <laughs> you know, like, um, I used to respond to these a lot. I don't really respond to them anymore. Um, because they're garbage. It's, it's, it's just garbage. All of it. Almost all of it. Um, let's see. Now, if you have a client who wants you to ask other people to include links to your client's site, you probably need to say no. They want you to be the person spamming other people, asking them to include links to this thing. Or they want you to offer to write guest posts with links back to their site. I, t you run your own business, I would recommend that you not agree to do that. This is an indication that your client is working with old SEO practices and that they are more concerned with circumventing the search engines and kind of cheating the system than they are um, with producing solid content that merits being shared and promoting it in ways that are not even gray, that they're very like, you know, there is no gray area. They want to, um, to put out the best stuff. And promote it appropriately. It is not appropriate to go spamming other people asking for backlinks. Unless you are able to find things where it's relevant. In which case, sure, go for it. Um, 
But I find that clients who who want to hire you to do that are just not the type of clients that I want to work with. Um, they It's not that they're bad people. It's not that they're bad businesses. It's not that they're shady and criminals or anything like that. Um, a lot of businesses have been taught to do this as a winning SEO strategy, and they have been led astray. Um, I actually had a really big argument one time with a really good friend of mine. Um, he is in corporate marketing. He ran like part of their digital marketing department. He wanted me to write blog posts, and he also wanted um, to um, like pay me to get his website's content placed on other blogs. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. That's, that's, that's unethical. And it's also illegal. I'm not doing it. And I had to like, we had this like big, it was really tense. We've never fought before. (laughs) It wasn't a fight, but it was an argument. We've debated before, but this was like an actual argument. Um, anyway, um, big, big, big no, no. You as a writer are supposed to be impartial and offer resources based on their merits. You are not supposed to accept kickbacks. And if you do accept kickbacks, you absolutely must make it very clear in your content that this is sponsored content and you got a kickback. Um, That is the only way to handle that kind of situation legally and ethically. Um, Don't do anything else. Now, let's say you do want to run somebody's, let's say you do want to run an external link in your post. Many editors are aware of this weird SEO stuff and they will allow you to run external links, but they, but these links will be marked with a code, like an HTML tag that says no follow. And that means we are including this link, but we don't want the search engines to see it. So the links are going to work just fine and the website that it links to will get the traffic and all of that, but it will not do anything for SEO juice. It doesn't register with the search engines as um, a link to relevant content. It doesn't do anything to boost SEO juice. And a lot of editors will do that to, to cut these people, these backlink crazy people off at the knees. And if you do have a client who wants you to get links placed, they may specify that it needs to be a do follow. Or you may work with editors who say, we do, um, we only do no follow links. Um, so you will see this terminology, no follow. There's not, like, do follow is not actually a thing. That's just how we refer to a link that does not have the no follow tag on it. So you'll see this terminology as you're out there. Um, you will have people asking you to verify that your links to their site will be do follow. Um, if that is someone you're working with, again, stop working with them. (laughs) They're putting more effort into trying to cheat the system than they are and trying to create content that's actually worth sharing just on its own. And that is, I just, in my opinion, that's not the business that you want to join. They, these are also the types of businesses that are going to handle writers as if they are um, commodities and not respected service providers. I think that's it for me. There's a lack of respect to the way things are done. And we don't necessarily have to do things the way things are done because it's the way things are done. We do them because it's the right way to do it. And I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want you to get yourself in a hairy mess that causes you a lot of stress and a lot of questions, a lot of wondering um, when you can be using that energy in 
doing client work that that pays well and that really demonstrates the value that you offer. That's why we're here. That's uh, that's what I want for you. Okay, so if you have any questions about this episode or any previous episode or anything else that has to do with being a freelance writer, I invite you to join my Facebook group. Um, it's called the Inkwell Guild, and uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, if you search for the Inkwell Guild, or you can go to theinkwellguild.com, and it'll take you straight there. All right, see ya on the inside. A funny thing happened the other day. I realized that many of my podcast listeners don't know about Clips Camp, so now I'm going to tell you about it. Clips Camp is a three-week course for new and advanced new (laughs) freelance writers who want to get started with high-paid client work. If you are on Upwork and miserable, if you're on Fiverr and miserable, or if you haven't even done anything to get started and you don't know what the first step is, Clips Camp is for you. I'm teaching you how to put together a solid portfolio of writing samples that position you as the kind of awesome writer that awesome clients want to hire. So if you want in on that or you just want more information, go to clipscamp.com and I will see you on the inside.